You are listening to a podcast from Macquarie International. Andrew Rathbone interviews Richard Hyam, International Sector Head, Finance and Professional Services, about the role of virtual teams in the effective management of customer relationships. Richard, good morning. It's really good to see you today. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Andrew. And you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, there's an issue I want to talk to you about on our recurring theme of, uh, of effective relationship management. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, when we think of sales activity, we think of a slightly kind of lone wolf kind of scenario, uh, an inspired individual who is able to kind of work some sort of alchemy with a customer from which results emerge. However, from our discussions about relationship management, it seems to me that there's a greater level of complexity here. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's one key to this, it seems to be that when it comes to relationship management, strong teams win. And it's a real challenge for relationship managers to sometimes make that move from individual to team player. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But but I think also the dynamic of the team here, it's not the traditional kind of team team ethic or team structure that, uh, that applies here. No, absolutely. We are talking usually about virtual teams. There are some organisations that have built dedicated key account teams reporting in down a single structure. But for most businesses, to some extent, there's a matrix involved. Sure. So I'm do my day job in the finance department or the marketing department but some of the time I'm part of a team and I think that's one of the challenges for a relationship manager or uh, as some people would call them a relationship leader is to build and form a virtual team to create from a, a very disparate group of people maybe spread a, a whole way around the world from uh, Hong Kong to Halifax uh, but to create that sense of team. And that, that strikes me that that's quite a difficult challenge because then they're not a team and they're also almost certainly going to have competing priorities. So how does the relationship manager engender that sense of team in this disparate group of individuals? Well, I think the starting point is simply to work out who's in touch with the customer. Uh, I'll quite often talk to people and they'll say, I don't have an account team. Then you say, so are you the only person who speaks to the customer? Say, no, of course not. And we begin to list who those people are. And it may be 10 or 15 or 20 people. The starting point is to identify who's speaking to whom, about what, who's involved. And then to begin to draw them together. Maybe to negotiate, say, with a head of customer services to dedicate two or three staff to a specific account to begin to build the sense that we do need to work together on this. Sure. And how, how does the relationship manager go about that then? How does the relationship manager go about getting a commitment to that, to, to that ethic? Well, there's another challenge here because a lot of the traditional forms of management or leadership styles really can't apply here. We've spoken elsewhere about responsibility without power responsibility without authority. Sure. So my job as a relationship leader 
very rarely allows me to have a command and control role. I can't say to somebody, do this because it's me telling you yeah. and I'm higher in the hierarchy than you are. In fact, I may well have somebody in my team who, in reality, is further up the hierarchy than I am. So we need different leadership styles. You need to ask yourself, why should somebody follow you as a relationship leader? Is it because you smell of success? You just seem to be really good at what you do. And if I work with you, I'll be successful. Is it that you bring reward with you? You win business and therefore I'll make money or my career will flourish. Is it because I'll, I'll learn from you? You're an expert in your field and I feel that if I spend time with you, my learning will really increase. In which case, please be generous with your knowledge. Yeah. Maybe it's just that you have a, a charisma. You're the kind of person that I choose to follow, to, that I'll follow you out of the trenches. Whatever it is, you need to make sure that your leadership style is playing to your strengths and that you give your team what they want. If it's recognition, make sure that you're writing to their boss to say what a cracking job that they've done. Well, is it just as simple as giving people what they want, though? Or is this issue of style and style decisions from the relationship leader, is it something more complex than that? Well, it must be more complex because... There are a whole range of factors coming into play. What style of team does the customer or the account need? Uh, what are you trying to achieve? What are your objectives? Um, if it's a, a hold situation where you're trying to defend an account, your style may be a much more operational one. Yes. Whereas if it's a grow strategy, you may need a much more entrepreneurial team. Yes. Um, it depends. For instance, I see some account managers who are also very much professional uh, deliverers and professional producers of billable hours. Maybe you need uh, a desk-based account exec to hold things together because you're out in the field. So in this conversation, Andrew, we can't cover all the detail. We can get some principles. And the principle is that strong teams win and strong teams need good leaders. Indeed. Well, we talked there about the, the, the leader, the relationship manager as leader. But let's turn our attention to, to the virtual team itself. What kind of roles comprise a virtual team? Well, I, you're right there. I think you need to be very clear about the roles and with some good uh, role definition. Usually when things go wrong in an account team, it's not because people do the wrong thing. It's because they do the wrong right thing. In other words, they... They do what they would normally do in this situation, but in this particular account, that wasn't what was expected of them. So you can have, um, I think of a professional service firm where their client had said, the one thing I don't want you all to do is crawl over me and give me consultancy advice. Now, the whole team was full of people whose day job was to consult. Yes. Somehow they had to be persuaded, you deliver the service, but don't get involved in consultancy. Good to be a consultant in the day job, bad to consult in this context. So clear roles. I think covering the geography is often very important. Okay, yeah. Have the right people in the right place. To have the right expertise in the team. 
um, which could be product expertise or it could be legal expertise or engineering expertise. But the key thing, if we're going to form a strong team, is that people know what their roles are. To take a sporting analogy, you don't want a good player who plays out of position and throws the whole team. To take a musical analogy, you don't want somebody who plays a virtuoso piece and that blows everyone away sure. and in fact damages the overall performance. So that's about expectation as well, isn't it? Not just role. If you know, if you put a talented striker in the team, you've got to make sure that he or she understands that it's her job to score the goals and not try and start involving themselves in other parts of the team process. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's also about appreciating the less glamorous members of the team as well and recognising and honouring them. I mean, there's no question that account managers, relationship managers, often do need to form a sense of team. Um, I do think they need to learn to, to lead differently. Yes. And not this command and control. I think that's a, a mistake. And I've no doubt whatsoever that there's this need for clear uh, roles because clear roles make for strong teams. And when it comes to relationship management, strong teams win. podcast from Mercury International. If you'd like to discuss any of these issues with Richard or Andrew, please call me, Claire Newton, on plus four four one nine three two eight four four eight five five.